0: Did you know that by the year 2030, an estimated 22% of the U.S. population will be over the age of 65? With an aging demographic on the rise, the role of physical therapy in promoting healthier and more active lives for older adults has never been more crucial. Welcome to Aging Together a podcast dedicated to exploring the challenges and opportunities of caring for our aging loved ones. This podcast is a product of Caregiver Consulting and Healthy Solutions, a private consulting practice dedicated to helping you navigate the aging process with ease. Together, we will dive into a wide range of topics, including health and wellness, financial planning, caregiving, and more. This podcast is for everyone, Whether you are an older adult looking to age in place, a caregiver seeking support and guidance, a young or middle aged adult planning for the future, or simply someone interested in learning more about the aging process, I hope you'll join me on this journey. Let's navigate aging together. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Pooja, and you're listening to Aging Together. October is physical therapy month. As an occupational therapist, I wouldn't be half the provider I am today if it weren't for my physical therapy counterparts. From the hospital to the clinic to the home, OT and PT work side by side for most patients and families. For today's episode, I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing my longtime colleague and dear friend, Dr. Colleen Marie McShane. Dr. Colleen Marie McShane is an acute care physical therapist specializing in geriatric care and general medicine. Colleen received her Doctorate of Physical Therapy from Northwestern University in 2019. She has since been working at Northwestern Memorial Hospital and also has experience working at other acute care hospitals in the Chicagoland area. Colleen has a passion for older adults, specifically those living with progressive and degenerative neuromuscular diseases such as Parkinson's disease. Colleen recently received an advanced board certification in gerontology from APTA, the National Physical Therapy Association, further specializing in that population. Aside from older adults, Colleen shares a passion for patients living with chronic and end-stage renal disease, or kidney disease, who are on hemodialysis. During her time at the hospital, she worked to create an exercise program that patients can perform during their hemodialysis sessions, expanding it to a hospital-wide program for all therapists to implement. Together, we're taking a dive into everything you need to know about physical therapy's role in aging well. Please join me in welcoming Colleen to the show.
1: Colleen, thanks so much for joining me today. Of course. So happy to have the opportunity to be a part of this incredible podcast. I've loved listening to the episodes and hearing all the guest speakers, so it's really such an honor to be chosen as one as well. Of course,
0: I couldn't think of a better person to talk to when it comes to older adults and physical therapy. So I gave a brief bio about you already. And I, of course, know and have firsthand experience about your love for our geriatric communities. But I wanted to hear more about how you first got into this industry and your passion for serving our older adults. Can you briefly explain to me what physical therapy is, how it differs from other
1: healthcare professions, and what led you to specialize in physical therapy for older adults? Yeah. So I actually first got into physical therapy on a whim. Unlike a lot of physical therapists, I hadn't had my own firsthand experience on what PT was through like an injury or from hearing about it from like a family or friends. I really had no insight or experience with it. But my mom was actually the one that proposed the idea to me. Since she knew I love sports and helping people, she actually thought it would be a great career for me. And of course, mother knows best. So I listened to her and I went to um, University of Dayton as a pre-PT major. And I actually learned a lot from my time there about you know, anatomy and the human body, and how impactful the musculoskeletal system in particular is on our entire bodies and what that looks like day in and day out for movement. So that was kind of where things started. And as I went through school, I became more and more interested and passionate about what I was learning. But it was really in grad school that I learned way, way, way more about what physical therapists actually do and the variety of settings that PT can work in. I think everyone thinks of physical therapy as outpatient and I hurt my knee or I you know, did something to my shoulder. Every time I tell someone I'm a physical therapist, they tell me about their joint pain and what all is going on. I'm like, no, no, my passion is actually in the hospital-based setting. So I realized that after doing different rotations and seeing different views of physical therapy and different settings. So for me, being in the hospital really starts from day one when a patient's admitted and they, you know, may lose their strength and their independence from even just short-term immobility. You know, being in bed, we're not used to being creatures that just lay in bed all day. So even just having that in their lives being admitted in the hospital can be very impactful. So, physical therapy in the hospital plays a really crucial role in maintaining a patient's strength, their balance, independence and just overall mobility. And not to say that physical therapists are the only people that are, you know, trying to keep people strong and trying to keep them moving. There's a whole team that's, you know, working towards maintaining a patient's well-being and their functioning. But physical therapists really are consulted by, you know, the medical team to be experts in walking and what we call gait training, as well as balance training, stairs, and way more. So we function with the other disciplines, such as occupational therapists, nurses, care technicians, doctors, et cetera, et cetera, to really just keep a patient strong and to keep them mobile during their stay in the hospital. So that kind of is where things got going for me and my setting. But I think my interest in the aging adult actually started with my grandfather. I was really close with him when I grew up. And as I grew, he did too, obviously. But I was able to see that firsthand. I watched him progress in aging and where he started to lose his strength and his balance and truly his independence over the years. He wasn't driving. He had to start using assistive devices. This was all very eye-opening to me as I was growing up as a teenager seeing this firsthand. And so I always knew that aging was inevitable and everyone's going to get older and unfortunately people die, but I wanted to know like more about it. And I felt sure that there was more that we could be doing to really help people age successfully. So really this curiosity and my passion to really help the older adults became you know, an interest of mine to, to pursue in my daily profession. And so that's what I really have taken with me as I've been in the hospital. and. Since I started, I just found myself researching like different equipment, looking up medications, and how it's affecting the elderly population, and why it, you know, is so different for them as they age. So I knew as I wanted to learn more that you know there was more out there for me. So I actually pursued um, a certification in geriatrics to really have an avenue that taught me more and more about the elderly population and. I felt like I owed it to myself and to my loved ones to learn more with that. And then just always wanting to be the best physical therapist I can be for all my patients to just help them has really kind of driven my passion for older adults and the geriatric community.
0: For OT Month back in April, I did an entire episode on OT's role in aging. So let's start with a brief overview on PT's role in aging. How does physical therapy play a crucial role in the aging process? I know you talked a little bit about this already, but maybe you could add a little detail to it. And what are some common challenges that older adults face in terms of physical health and mobility?
1: Yeah. So although the ultimate goal for elders is to avoid disease and disease-related disability, the reality is that the majority of older adults are going to have chronic long-term health conditions and that they're going to live with functional disabilities. Physical therapists play a crucial role in the aging process, optimize their functional capacity, make sure they can do the things that they need to do to be able to walk around, get out in the community and live their lives. And we really are just working to prevent any downward spiral of increasing disability over time. We know aging takes a toll on the human body, but how do we keep people as strong and as independent as we can? And that's where I think physical therapy really plays an important role. We work with patients to promote you know, restorative and to come up with compensatory strategies so that they're not getting injured, they're not falling, and that things aren't getting worse for the mobility as much as we can. So this really might involve maybe assisted device training, meaning like how to use a cane, how to use a walker, and balance training, how to stand on one leg and be able to get up the stairs. That's really where our specialty lies. And then overall, just general strength training. We've got to keep our muscle strength to be able to generate force and be able to walk up those stairs. So really just helping people stay strong and making sure that they're keeping their balance and their independence as long as we can. And I would also mention that some of the common challenges for older adults like you asked, Pooja, would be that they're going to get weaker. They're going to lose muscle mass. They're going to lose strength. They're going to lose endurance. So we're working to help them regain that muscle. We're talking to them about how important strength training is, how eating protein in their diets in order to build muscle is so crucial. I know appetite can be a common barrier for older adults. So we're really working with them to find a way how to put muscle on and how to keep that muscle so they're not getting weaker. And then we're working too to work on their balance and so that they're not falling. Preventing any injuries as much as we can is really important for our role. And then we're also trying to reduce any worsening stiffening of joints, worsening arthritis and pain. And we want to make sure we're people keeping people loose and mobile, stretching them out and making sure that they're able to do their daily activities and manage their pain. Some other common challenges too could be reduced like heart and lung function. So with aging, they might become more short of breath with walking or their legs might swell and they might just feel more fatigued. So we're helping to work with them to build up their endurance and make those activities easier and more planned out and thoughtful. And then bone strength too. As we age, our bones become so much more fragile and thinking about how impactful that can be if you fall when you already have brittle bones and that can lead to injury. So by working on providing forces to increase the bone strength and again, with the strength training, we're working on building not only the muscles, but also the bones. So really just things that can be addressed with your physical therapist. So In conclusion, PTs will really work with the patient to keep them active, prevent deconditioning, prevent muscle wasting and muscle atrophy where the muscles are breaking down and getting weaker and then decreasing the risk for falls and just maintaining overall independence for healthy living.
0: I love that you mentioned nutrition. I feel like that's a common topic that comes up in various different professionals that I've spoken with on here. We targeted it with the Dennis, last week when we were talking about oral health and how that impacts nutrition, we talked a lot about it when I spoke with a dietitian back in March and just the overall impact that nutrition has on not just health, but functioning and muscles and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, now that we know kind of how you help the older adults with physical therapy, can you go into maybe a broader 360-degree view of everything that you can address from a treatment standpoint, what are maybe the top three or five areas that you would target?
1: So I would say one of the big areas is going to be gait training or walking, and with that, assisted advice training. As physical therapists, we're really eyes on when someone is walking to see where the impairments are are they weaker in one area that's causing them to lean a little bit to the side? Or is there pain? Is there something that we can address with maybe a device or with strength training or stretching? So I would say walking is a big target area. Strengthening, uh, what we find is that a lot of people, no matter the age, honestly, have weak hips, weak core. And then as we get older too, we lose some of that what we call type two muscle fibers, which are the ones that help you push off and go up the stairs and walk faster or run. So we're really working on strengthening the big muscle groups to make sure you have the force you need to stand up and get out of that chair. So definitely strengthening, definitely walking. As I mentioned, balance training. It's not something we really think about too often, but how many times today have you stood on one leg? think about when you were walking or if you were going up and down a curb or stepping in and out of a tub, reaching into a cabinet. There's a lot of times where we challenge our center of mass and our base of support to see how our balance is. And that's something that we need to retrain too. If you aren't working on your balance, it's going to get worse over time from a lot of different you know, systems in your body. So really making sure we're keeping our balance as a priority within therapy. And then endurance training we don't want people to be exhausted from just getting up and moving a short distance in their home. We want to build up their endurance and their activity tolerance so that they are able to continue their day without being exhausted or at risk for falls you know if you think about how many times you've been tired and you just kind of plop into the chair that's a really vulnerable time when you are feeling fatigued and weaker that you maybe would tip into the chair and miss the edge of the seat and then you end up on the ground, right? And then we have a fall. So we don't want your fatigue to limit your ability to get from A to B safely. So endurance training. And then I would lastly say another area that we target, but we've Kind of forget about is posture. Thinking about our joints and our bones and how important it is with, you know, our range of motion. If you think about your neck being sore and being tight, maybe from pain or from muscle stiffness or weakness, it might be hard to turn your head side to side. And I always think about this with driving if you're not able to turn your head and look over the middle seat to see, you know, if a car is behind you or if you're backing up that can be really significant in terms of your safety and everyone around you's safety, right? So we really need to make sure we're thinking about our posture, where our body and our joints are in space to not only prevent, you know, weakness but also to make sure that we're able to move around throughout our entire body so that we're safe with movement too.
0: So in order to address those areas that you mentioned, you know, walking, strengthening, balance, posture, endurance, there's got to be a way that you assess that and how you identify that somebody is having trouble with those areas. What types of assessments do you perform to determine an older
1: individual's physical needs and limitations? Yeah. So as I mentioned, we're always looking at walking and how someone's moving around. And so not only walking, but also getting out of a chair. And so there's a lot of different tests that we have that can assess someone's walking. And maybe it's not only seeing, you know, their endurance on how long they can walk, but we also have tests that can look specifically at something more functional, like how long does it take someone to get out of a chair, walk 10 feet and then come back to the chair. So those are different things that we'll assess throughout the progression of someone's time within physical therapy to give us a better idea of our interventions and where we want to target. And then we also do yeah, tests for strength. We might look at it by just having you raise your arm and hold against resistance, but we might also do it in more of a functional way where we ask you to stand and sit out of a chair five times without using your arms. And I think it's something we don't think, getting up can really relate to falls, but there's a lot of research that has shown that there's a cutoff score that if it takes you more than 12 seconds to get out of a chair five times, that you're at an increased risk for falls. So we're looking at it not only at rest, but also as you're moving. And then for balance, there's a, a whole slew of tests that physical therapists can do based on you know what you're saying has become more difficult for you or maybe what complaints you have with your balance. So it might be something that's more higher level and having you like step over boxes or turn around in a circle, different things. But it might also just be how long can you stand on one leg? And we have, again, a lot of cutoff scores that give us a better indication on whether your balance is impaired and does that put you at a higher risk for falls or you know is it not something that we need to address on one side, but maybe the other. So we definitely do a lot of testing to give us a better idea of how you're moving in general.
0: Can you provide some examples of conditions or mobility issues that physical therapy can help address in older adults? Like what are some conditions that can lead to some of these impairments in balance or walking, endurance, et cetera?
1: So unfortunately, as we get older, we are susceptible to arthritis. We're thinking about those bones and those joints wearing down over time. So we will actually work with patients both pre and post, before and after they get joint replacements. So maybe your knee needed to be replaced or your hip needed to be replaced because the arthritis was so severe. So that's a good example of a common mobility issue. And then maybe not so severe as arthritis, but osteoporosis, meaning those weak and brittle bones. We're not getting the calcium or the nutrition that we need. And just again, over time, our bones do become more brittle. So that can be another just simple diagnosis that your doctor tells you you have weak bones and you might need to see a physical therapist for. Other examples might be like a neuromuscular condition, like Parkinson's, stroke, neuropathy. And again, we'll see the patient's Initially after diagnosis, but also throughout their condition, throughout their lifetime, to just give us a better idea of where they're at and if they need a tune-up. Um, and then again, falls, balance issues and other conditions like maybe related to your heart or to your lungs that, you know, is affecting your mobility. those are some of the many conditions that we'll see of the older adult population.
0: This is my favorite part of every episode that I do, and we're going to break some myths (laughs) down. So what are some key myths and facts related to physical therapy? My favorite is always that people don't think they need us unless we hurt ourselves. Let's hear all the ones you've heard of.
1: Gosh, I think this is my favorite question too, because there's so many myths. Like Pooja said, yeah. Everyone thinks of physical therapy as, oh, I'm hurt or I injured this part of my body. But really, that is one of the multitude of different reasons that you might need physical therapy. So physical therapy, I really want to voice this, that it is a preventative service. It's not something that has to be an after the fact or an aftermath solution to a problem. We really want to prevent any injury, any decline, anything that, you know, is going to affect your health and well being over time. So not only after injury, please come to us before you injure yourself. Another one that we often hear is oh no, PT, what is it? PT, paid in torture. <laughs> Everyone thinks physical therapy is painful. That is not true. Most of the time, maybe there are times where you might have some pain, but really the goal of physical therapy is to minimize pain. We're really working on how to manage your pain, how to, you know, regain strength that you need to protect, you know, your impairments or your painful joints. So. That is something that I want to make clear. It's not pain and torture. It really is for your well-being and to not put you in pain. That is the last thing we want. Another one we hear often is that I need my doctor to order physical therapy for me. This is a myth in a certain sense, I should say. So it depends obviously on your state, but Illinois is a direct access state. Our profession has worked really hard to make a name for physical therapy and to make it known that you don't need your doctor to approve for you to go to physical therapy. You're able to go into a clinic and be evaluated and, again, potentially treated if it is something that we believe is musculoskeletal in nature. So what will happen then is you'll see a therapist and then should the therapist determine that you need to follow up with your physician or get additional workup or testing done, then they'll send you back. But you are able to get an injury screen or a preventative assessment by a physical therapist without having to go to your doctor first because we know it can take a long time to get into the doctor. So physical therapy with how vast and how many different clinics are out there, we want you to go to a PT and we'll tell you if you need to see your doctor or not. Okay, this is another one. So, surgery is the only option. So, this is another myth. So, for some individuals, I will say that surgery might be necessary, but in other cases, physical therapy can be just as effective as surgery for conditions like maybe you tore your meniscus in your knee or you had a tear in your rotator cuff. Maybe your arthritis in your knee is really severe, but you don't want surgery. Or again, I'm listing out a few, but like if you're, you have degenerative disc disease where, you know, the discs in your back are wearing down over time, we don't want you to think that surgery is the only option to give you pain relief. It actually isn't try physical therapy first. And if anything, it can help improve your quality of life, get you feeling better, get you moving better. But to be fair, if surgery is necessary, we can also work with you. Preoperatively, um, what we call prehab, where we get you stronger so that you can recover and rehab better after your surgery. And then, like I said, to post surgery, um, we'll also work with patients to regain that motion, regain that strength and address whatever impairments they might have. Lastly, physical therapists give everyone an assistive device. Not true. Not the goal. We are really trying to keep your independence and avoid you needing a device as long as we can. We're obviously assessing to see if that is going to help your mobility and keep you safe and help with your balance. But don't think that, oh, my daughter's so worried about my balance. But if I go see a physical therapist, she's definitely going to tell me I need a cane. Like that is not our goal. We are working with you to keep your independence so that you don't need a cane as long as possible. So please seek out your physical therapist if your daughter is suggesting it.
0: <laughs> I love that last one. I've heard so many times like, oh, you're just going to give me a walker or you're just going to make me sit down in the shower <laughs> for like shower chairs and stuff. And it's really true. I mean, that's not the goal. The goal is to get them to be as independent. And I'd like to point out, sometimes it is temporary, like Mm -hmm. temporarily for your safety. It might be recommended that you use some form of equipment for whatever the task is. But the goal is hopefully to get you to be able to do that without the equipment or without the device. And so sometimes it could be temporary. And that's just the course of the nature. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You talked a lot about inpatient care because that's kind of where you've been over the past few years. And then you also mentioned a little bit about outpatient care. So could you maybe talk a little bit more about the differences between an inpatient physical therapist, especially in the hospital setting, which is where you work, and compare that to
1: maybe an outpatient PT clinic? Definitely. So, I think there's a lot of overlap and comparisons, as I've been mentioning. You're going to get sick of hearing me say strength, balance, walking, all those things, but those are addressed in both settings. I would say that some of the differences in the inpatient hospital setting, we're really trying to assess whether you need rehab or any therapy after you are discharged from the hospital. So we ask a lot of questions to find out what were you doing before being sick or injured and what did that look like for you? What kind of supports and help did you have? And then we're seeing, okay, based off that information, how do you move? How do you get around? Is this below how you normally move? Is this worse or is this you know pretty typical for you? And maybe we just need to tune up with some outpatient therapy to work on your balance so that you don't feel scared of falling or anything like that beyond when you leave the hospital. Other things we're addressing is equipment. I know I said we don't give everyone devices, but if you needed you know, a walker, we are the people that can get you one so that you're leaving the hospital safe and you have the equipment you need? Or if a family member is willing to help you up the stairs, but they want to make sure they can do it safely, we'll get you a belt that they can put around you so that they can securely hold on to you as you are doing those movements that might be a little bit more vulnerable at times. Other things we're doing is with that, like caregiver training, teaching your loved one how to best mobilize you and how to you know support you as you are transitioning home. So we're providing a lot of education to the patients, but also to their loved ones. And then other things too, pain management with activity. Like I said, we don't want you to be in pain. We want to come up with creative strategies. So we do a lot of education on breathing and not holding and tensing up as you're moving when you're fearful of pain because that is going to increase your pain by increasing the tension in your body. If someone maybe has back pain, we're going to teach them how to get out of bed properly, how to roll onto your side so that you're not twisting and turning and irritating some of those muscles and joints in your back and with that too maybe you had a surgery and you have this new incision down your stomach and you maybe don't know how to get up or what you're allowed to do or if you fell and broke a hip and your doctor told you, you can't walk on that leg what does that look like so we're really the the forefront of you know teaching you how to use a device or how to walk again without being able to utilize one of your arms or legs. So a lot of education on how to move and how to do it safely after and during your stay in the hospital. And then outpatient-wise, some of that stuff that I had mentioned, um, and they're going to do a very thorough assessment of not only, you know, what your Movement looks like, but also what have you been having difficulty with? Talk to me about a day in and day out. Where is your pain the worst? And what things are you unable to do because of these impairments that you have? So. They'll give you different assessments that not only are they going to ask you questions and see how you're moving, but they're going to have you take things home and fill it out so that they have a better idea of how to treat you. So other roles and you know different avenues too that can be addressed not only in the hospital, but as you leave the hospital. And then both are likely going to give you what we call a home exercise program. So exercises that you can be doing on your own so that you aren't just waiting for the physical therapy session to be able to, you know, progress and how you're moving and to build that strength. So, we're really going to give you things that you've been doing on your own to improve your recovery.
0: I know you've mentioned strength, balance, walking, gait over and over again. <laughs> and if you had to provide me with the most common or most highly recommended intervention, that you see
1: or provide for older adults to age safely, what would it be? Ooh, okay. Most highly recommended intervention, definitely balance training. I've worked with so many patients who are fearful of falling, and it causes them to limit their mobility, to decrease their independence, and it even affects their social life. We want nothing more than to keep you safe and to prevent falls. If you don't train your balance system the same way you train your body to stay strong through exercise, then you put yourself at an increased risk for falls and for being afraid of falling. I want to note that the fear of falling is as impactful as falling itself. You might become fearful from a close instance where you lost your balance. Maybe you didn't fall to the ground or injure yourself, but that fear of falling results in stiffness and guarding where you're afraid to move. And that's going to then lead to more impairments like muscles and joints getting stiff and tight. And then it's going to make moving harder after the fact. So if you're above the age of, I don't know, let's say 65, 70, you should really consider meeting with a physical therapist who can assess your balance and to train you in how to safely challenge your balance. This Safely part is really important though. This is not me telling you to go out and start brushing your teeth on one leg or walking on a treadmill backwards or I don't know, walking without your cane. No, no, no. I am telling you to seek help on how to start a supervised balance program with a physical therapist so that you can maintain your balance and that you do not fall or fear falling.
0: Yeah, we don't want you going and doing anything without somebody assessing you first. So now that you've shared all this phenomenal information and hopefully convinced everybody to go see a physical therapist, if an older adult was interested in getting physical therapy, what are their options? And similarly, for those who might be hesitant, who should they
1: discuss their concerns and options with? So as I mentioned earlier, Illinois, again, we're Podcasting here from Chicago, but Illinois is a direct access state, which means that you can go to a physical therapy clinic and ask them for an evaluation whether it be that you have pain, you're feeling weaker, or you're having more trouble getting around, they'll be able to evaluate you and determine whether they feel that it's a musculoskeletal condition or something that physical therapy can treat and address in the outpatient setting. So for a little bit of history, because again, I'm a physical therapist and we're all dorks. (laughs) So in 1996, they started to offer what we say is DPT, so a doctorate of physical therapy program. And then by... Late 2000s, that became the standard education track for physical therapy. And so, with that, it's a four year bachelor's degree plus three years of a doctoral degree. And more recently, as of 2016, all graduates require a doctorate in physical therapy as opposed to just a bachelor's in order to practice. So, the reason, and again, behind all this history is the doctorate portion. So, we are going to extra schooling in order to become doctors so that we can diagnose and decide whether we think your presentation is something that can be addressed in physical therapy or if we feel that it doesn't, you know, make sense to us or we're not the findings aren't consistent then we'll refer you to a doctor for additional care. So again, I'm speaking about direct access as that is in Illinois. And although all 50 states do provide some form of direct access, there is specific limitations that might differ between jurisdictions. So I would encourage you to search your state's regulations prior to just walking into a physical therapy clinic and saying, Colleen said I could be evaluated. So, But I'm sure, again, if you do find it hard to find online or understand all the nuances, then you know I'm sure just calling or walking into a physical therapy clinic within your state, they'll be able to tell you what those next steps would be. Now, for some of you, outpatient setting and getting out of the house might be difficult or not safe for you. So there are also services that can be offered for home health. And it's not just physical therapy, but you can also see an occupational therapist or a nurse. But These services do need to be ordered by your physician. Um, You won't be able to just find a physical therapist off the street that can come in and treat you at home. You do need to get um, your doctor to write you an order, and they need to specifically classify you as homebound, meaning you're unable to get to outpatient therapy. So this is definitely something I would talk to your physician about. But if this does interest you or maybe you have new impairments or you've been diagnosed with a new condition – I would highly recommend discussing physical therapy earlier rather than later with your primary care doctor, so that they know you're interested and then they can guide you to the correct treatment specific for you.
0: You've talked a lot about how a physical therapist can be so crucial to an older adult aging journey. Can you speak maybe more big picture of why it's so important that we educate and encourage our adults and older adults to
1: seek and go to physical therapy and make it a part of their aging journey to reiterate prevention is key it's one of those things where you maybe don't know what you got till it's gone right we think we're fine we're getting around we're you know healthy individuals but as soon as you start to realize there's an impairment or Maybe again in the instance where you fall, then you realize how difficult the recovery process can be. And so, what we're saying and preaching is that see your physical therapist before things get too hard and too difficult. And, you know, don't just get by with, oh, I just walk like that. Or, you know, I have always had knee pain. Like, we want to help you. We want to. Ease that burden. We don't want you to have something negative happen and then you have this huge hill to climb to get back to where you were before. So, whether it be it's recommended by your doctor or a family member or, you know, a friend that's looking out for you, just go and see a physical therapist, hear them out, see what they can offer for you because I promise you. Whether it be that you get a friend out of your physical therapist or you get stronger, you're going to enjoy the experience. So don't be afraid and just get in the doors or have them let them into your home and see what they can offer you. I think the other thing too to be mindful of is maintaining, you know, the strength and mobility that you have. It takes work. For instance, there's a lot of videos and shows out there. I know sit and be fit or. Heck, if you have YouTube, pull that up. There's so many videos and things that you can be doing to keep your own activity levels as high as possible. I know we in the hospital offer, for instance, a Parkinson's exercise class that's once a month that's virtual. And so you can even in your own home, just tune into the Zoom call and then, you know, therapists will help you on what are you having difficulty with today, Jim. How can we, you know, work together to figure that out? So doing what you can before it's too late is really going to be key to keep you independent and keep you living a long, healthy life.
0: You mentioned home exercise programs a little while back. How important is self-care and consistent exercise for maintaining the benefits of a physical therapy home
1: exercise program as one gets older? If physical therapy only needed to be in person once a week, we would all be within the healthiest society ever. However, it's not that easy, unfortunately. So I think about physical therapy, specifically the exercises, like your home exercise program, like Flossing your teeth. Shout out to Dr. Patel on last week's podcast episode that was really talking about flossing. So here's my analogy and go with me on it. So the brushing part, right? Sure, that's fine. We've all given into that we need to brush our teeth twice a day. That to us is like our walking. It's getting in and out of bed. It's getting on and off the couch, right? We do it because we have to. And it's the necessity of the day. But flossing. Flossing seems like it's a pain for some of us. I know I'm always like, oh, I got to floss. And it's the thing we try to like cut corners on, right? So we maybe only do it once a day or we do it when we remember, but then we get in trouble by the dentist, right? We've all been through it. We're all like, oh no, I forgot to floss and the dentist is going to know. So the same goes for physical therapy. We're going to know. We're going to give you exercises and we're going to put the autonomy on you to be Doing your exercises and doing the side work so that when you come to us, we can challenge you and we can do more. So we're going to give you education and tips and tricks on how to be successful and how to, you know, succeed with your home exercise program. But if you cut corners, it's really on you. It's going to make your rehab journey not as successful. It's going to be dragged out and take longer to be able to, you know, recover and feel like you're making progress by seeing a therapist. So. Really, we can't rely on one to two times a week to see improvements and to see benefit. We need to put in the work and remain consistent in order to see the benefit. So please do your exercises and please floss.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that analogy. Dr. Patel is going to be thrilled that you gave her a shout out on this. In case anybody hasn't realized this by now, you recently got your board certification in gerontology. What does this mean and how does this better equip you in assessing and treating your older patients?
1: Yeah, I sought out a certification in gerontology this past year to be able to better treat this elder population and to allow me a better understanding on what the pathophysiology is, the science behind aging. And it opened my eyes to treating not only, you know, from a physical therapy lens, but really treating the entire individual. And now I'm looking way more in depth at medications and I'm educating patients and questioning them if they, you know, are aware of why they're on different medications and what are the side effects of those medications so that they're able to, you know, have the understanding of what to look out for day in and day out. I've also become mindful of other areas that maybe again, are just part of our daily lives, but we don't really think about like shoe wear and how important it can be to wear shoes or socks with grips on them in order to safely walk around not only for balance, because again, I'm balanced-minded, but also for skin care. And one thing I think about too, and I'll ask my patients is, do you have any numbness or tingling? Is there what we call neuropathy, which is damage to the nerves that are going into your arms, your legs, your feet? Because if we think about if we're not getting full sensation in our feet, how are we going to know where our foot is being placed and where we're stepping when we're walking up and down stairs or when we're getting up and down a curve. And so if you don't have that full sensation, that's going to affect, you know, your ability to safely. Mobilize. And so we talk a lot to patients about getting the right shoes for you and making sure you're doing skin checks and making sure that if you feel any numbness or tingling or anything that's different, you're letting your doctor know as soon as possible is the last thing we want is for you to get a cut on your foot that maybe you didn't even know happened because your sensation was impaired. And then you have an infection and then you're hospitalized. So I think overall just this further certification has really taught me to look at the whole patient in front of me and not just focus on the physical therapy mindset, but to think about day in and day out what impact so many different aspects of healthcare has on an individual.
0: You just talked about treating the entire individual and a big piece of that can be Cultural. So, in your experience, have you come across any cultural considerations or hesitations when it comes to any
1: recommendations or treatment that you've provided or are are recommending? Not necessarily a cultural belief specifically, but another common perception that we hear often from older adults is that there's this facade of using an assistive device, and how a lot of people feel like using a cane or a walker might make them look older. And let's be honest, no one wants to look older. I get that. But really, the benefits outweigh the risk, meaning that not using a device may lead to or already have caused falls and injury. As a trained professional, I'm obviously assessing balance and I'm determining strategies to maintain patient safety. A lot of patients say, this is just how I walk or I'd never be caught dead with that thing regarding a cane or a walker. So what I've found to be successful is to encourage patients to at least try the device, see how it feels, walk around a little bit, and I'll educate them on the risks of not using that device, which can be eye-opening. Sometimes I even involved a loved one to just support the need for it, a family or a friend telling you that they don't want you to fall and they'd rather just have you use this cane than hold on to their arm every time you leave the house. That can be really impactful hearing it from someone besides just a therapist. And I think another thing too, going back to the cultural consideration, is we also have to be mindful of the resistance and what those barriers are and why someone maybe doesn't want a device. I know something that comes up frequently in the hospital is those that maybe don't have a home and don't have a place to live and they feel vulnerable when they're using assistive advice like a cane in the community because it makes them appear weaker from others in the community. So really asking extra questions and understanding the why, but I know we really work with patients to make sure they understand that just as you're getting older and you're using a your device doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to be looked down negatively upon by your peers. Everyone is probably thinking, "Man, maybe I should use one of those too." So Keep that in mind and keep an open mind, please.
0: So I had to throw this in here because we've obviously worked together for the last what, five years now. And we have collaborated on numerous patients during our time together in the hospital. How do physical therapists collaborate with other healthcare professionals, like occupational therapists, mm-hmm. to provide
1: comprehensive care for these older adults? specifically in the hospital? We communicate very closely with the occupational therapist to determine the most appropriate discharge recommendation and then what follow-up care each individual may need specific to their presentation. So we do a lot of communication between one another with handoffs on what we think we heard, or we think that their profession specifically can address. I know I'm one of those people that's always asking, is it a walk-in shower or a tub? And do you have a shower chair? Do you have a tub bench? And then I'm like so excited, like a little kid, I run over to the OTs and I'm like, listen, they maybe need a tub transfer bench. So we're working together. We're asking questions for each other. I know OTs will come up and they're you know thinking, oh, the patient could go home, but they haven't done the stairs. Is that something you can assess? So we will work separately, but we'll also see patients together if it's more appropriate to brainstorm ideas and to provide two sets of skilled eyes and hands in the room so that we're providing the best care possible. So definitely working close with our counterparts, our OTs, And then we also have really close communication with patients' physicians. So after we see a patient, if we have any concerns, maybe something that came up during the session, whether it be that new numbness in their feet or they're having some pain and we think the doctor really needs to know about it, we'll go up and have that face-to-face or we'll call the doctor and inform them on what we've found and then they'll follow up and we really keep an open line of communication throughout a patient's stay in the hospital so that we're addressing all of their needs and all of their concerns, because it can be hard to get it all from a quick, brief conversation. So day in and day out, just keeping tabs on everyone and making sure that the whole team is aware of what's going on.
0: All right. Well, we're going to wrap up with this one now, but I don't want it to end. We could probably talk forever (laughs) and ever and
1: ever. But
0: as we wrap up, what is one takeaway you'd like the
1: audience to consider as it relates to physical therapy and aging? It's never too late to start. There are so many physical therapists out there that are eager to help you. We want to share all of the knowledge that we learn from school, patient care, and from patient experience. You're the ones that are teaching us new things. Maybe you found this new piece of equipment that you Think has helped for A, B, and C, or, you know, we're going to work together to come up with a creative solution for your setup or something that you're having trouble with. And we want to hear what you've been experiencing during your journeys. Physical therapists are striving to always be learning and learning, and we're an open minded discipline that wants to provide you the best individualized care that we possibly can. So please seek out physical therapists. We are here to help and we want to help. We can't wait to meet you all.
0: Colleen, this was so wonderful. Thank you so much for spending your time and taking this opportunity to talk with me and chat to
1: educate our community. Of course. It was an honor. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. To all my listeners, thank you for tuning into this week's episode on physical therapy's role in aging well. Sharing expert perspectives on various age-related topics and services can help the community learn how to plan for a healthier future. At Caregiver Consulting and Healthy Solutions, we are dedicated to helping you navigate aging together. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.